This podcast is sponsored by Drax. As the UK's largest renewable electricity generator, Drax plays a critical role in UK energy security. They have committed to invest £2.5 billion in new green energy infrastructure, creating jobs and growth across the country. Find out more at Drax.com. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, a spectator's daily and sometimes more than daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and James Forsyth. Liz Truss is under pressure once again with speculation that she could have to U-turn on another plan. James, can you fill us in? So there is a row brewing over benefits. Liz Truss has shown an indication that she would like to uprate benefits, not in line with inflation as the Boris Johnson government had uh, promised, but in line with earnings. On, on, and her, the argument that her allies are making is that it would be unfair for people on benefits to see their benefits go up by more than the earnings of those in work. And unlike with the 45p cut, you know, there has been quite a lot of consideration given to the politics of this fight. And uh, in the conference bars and the like, Allies of Liz Truss are saying, look, you know, this is a, f- a fight we think we can win. I think what is problematic is this, is twofold. One is, this is, there is a kind of cost of living crisis coming. It's something the government had previously committed to. And also lots of people on benefits now, because of the nature of the UC, are in work. So it's not as simple as a kind of classic divide between those on benefits and those in work. And we're already beginning to see Michael Gove, uh, uh, Mel Stride, it's the usual list of Tory rebels beginning to come out here now. Damien Green all coming out suggesting that they would find it very difficult to support anything that was not a rise in line with inflation for benefits. Fraser, how widespread is the discomfort here? Because I think with the 45p rate, it was pretty clear early on that very few MPs have felt confident to go and back it publicly. But here, is there any more nuance in terms of there are some MPs who do think Liz Truss should stick with this position? It's funny that this time around, I really do see political opportunism here. And those who want to get rid of Liz Truss, and there are a significant faction, will notice a, a sort of choreography here, that she's forced into a battle on, on, on Monday. She's told by Graham Brady, the chairman of the 22 committee, that she won't be able to win the, the fight over 45p tax. She backs down. And then a pattern must establish itself. What's the next thing they're going to cohere around? What's the next battle? And what other way can this trust be shown to be humbled? So let's set aside the economics of his argument first. Um, what's happening is that the it's almost as if the cabinet are trying to assert their authority over the prime minister. This is something that George Freeman, a Tory backbencher, openly called for a few days ago. He was saying that their yeah, trust and um, quasi quartang are out of control. Uh, they're making these decisions without consulting the cabinet. The cabinet, for example, wasn't told about the 45p tax abolition. And therefore, the cabinet must assert itself. Now, that seems a bit strange. The cabinet, after all, was chosen just a few weeks ago by Liz Truss herself. But this morning, we've had quite a significant intervention by Penny Mordaunt, a former leadership rival and leader... We should note that George Freeman did run Penny Mordaunt's leadership campaign as well. Yeah, very significant. And so Penny Mordaunt comes out in Times Radio and says that she does support uprating benefits in line with inflation. And this is... So you've not got just a cabinet member, but the leader of the House of Commons saying that she basically sympathises with the Commons rebels who wants to stop Liz Truss 
linking the benefits to earnings, which, by the way, are 6.2% rather than inflation, which is at 10%. Now, for a cabinet member to know the... Everybody knows this is a controversy. Everybody also knows that this is what Quasi Hortang and Liz Truss want to do. So to declare yourself opposed to what you know your Prime Minister and your Chancellor want to do is quite a bold move from Penny Mordaunt, and aided and abetted and supported by Gove, uh, Damien Green, who is, of course, Theresa May's right-hand man. So you can see various political factions at work here. I should probably say a little bit about the economics of this. I mean, you can see why Liz Truss would need to do something like this. Right now, the average public sector pay rise is just 2%. That's incredibly low compared to 10% inflation. So it's, it is, as you say, Katie, difficult for... Um, for the government to say, OK, we're going to give 10% up rating in welfare, even though people working are only getting a, um, a 6% pay rise. But it's even harder for the government to say that we're going to give a 10% up rating in benefits, but only 3 or 4% to the public sector workers. So all of this comes in a chain now, because Liz Trust has got some very difficult negotiations ahead of her on public service salaries. So she will have to be very tough quite early on. And given that there is 5.3 million people on out-of-work benefits in Britain, the bill really is quite substantial. So we're talking huge sums here. It's actually hard to see how Kwasi Kwarteng could um, make his um, now-accelerated debt reduction plan stack up if he wasn't prepared to do something pretty painful like this. James, do you think Liz Truss will be able to hold the line then? I think it is tricky for two reasons of, of, of sequencing, I would say. One is, I think, having tried to cut taxes for the 1% and then rowing back, it then makes it more difficult, even though she has U-turned on 45p, the context in which she is trying to do this is more difficult, not just because people say, well, why did you want to give a tax cut to the, to the wealthiest, but you're not prepared to uprate benefits in line with inflation? Two, the question of diminished political capital. And three, I think the question is, you know, should you have brought this all in together with, for example, the energy package you're doing? You know, so we're stepping in to limit how much people pay on their energy bills. And therefore, we are not going to uprate benefits in line with inflation, but we're going to do it with earnings. I think as a standalone measure, it seems vulnerable. It also seems, as um, Isabel Harman writes on Coffee House, it seems something that the Work and Pension Secretary, Chloe Smith, doesn't seem particularly keen on doing. I mean, she seemed to be indicating, uh, showing, I think, a, 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 using language that suggests that she is more sympathetic to uprating it in line with inflation. And I think, there's, I think the final problem is this is something that the Boris Johnson government had said it would do. So it's not like she's coming to the problem fresh. There, there, is, a, there, there is a pre-existing government position and I think that moving away from that will be difficult I also think that there is a there is a party management problem because you look at all these people that that Fraser was just listing off these are all people who have been ministers in the past Michael Gove George Freeman Damien Green and I think the failure to build a bigger tent means it is harder to hold the line because these aren't these aren't young whippersnappers who can be said look Bear with us on this and we'll see you right at the next reshuffle. These are people who want to operate in politics on their own terms. Now, another development at this conference is Kwasi Kwarteng's plan to bring forward his debt plan. Mel Stride, the chair of the Treasury Committee, has said this should calm the markets. Do you think it will, Fraser, when it happens? Well, it all depends how many savings he's able to identify. And this is the problem. 
I think Kwasi Kwarteng himself is admitting that he should have spoken about spending constraint when he announced his tax cuts. And had he done so, the market's might have, market reaction might have been a lot less volatile than it was. But his announcing that he's going to cut spending depends on his having the political authority to rein in spending. And that's what's being tested right now. So if he um, comes up with a plan where he said, which, which involves, for example, restraining benefits rise to earnings rather than inflation, I'm not quite sure the markets will, will be that assured if they don't think he'll be able to get it past his party. So this is why the question of political authority is becoming <clears throat> now front and centre. This is the great message emerging from the Tory party conference, that the Tory party seems or is giving a very good impression of being a feuding, smouldering wreck of a party, rather than anything going in any one discernible direction, almost picking fights for the sake of it now. And that, I think, is what will undermine market confidence. If you were to have the most um, dedicated prime minister with the widest support, he or she would struggle to get through the sort of spending squeezes that Kwasi Kwarteng now needs to get through. But if you've got a Tory party, which is now on its second rebellion on day two of the Tory party conference, then that will raise questions about the plausibility of any austerity plan which Kwasi Kwarteng may have in mind. James, when we're looking at crunch points for this government, do you think the publication of the OBR forecast could be one? Um, no one really expects it to be particularly pleasant reading. And also some of the things that Kwasi Kwarteng wants to say is, is going to ultimately make their plan work, such as supply-side reform, but you need that for the OBR to recognise its growth? I mean, the question is, what does, what does the OBR say about what these reforms will do to the trend growth rate of the economy? I think the least controversial statement you could make is that Liz Truss and the OBR don't necessarily share the same view on what would boost the trend growth rate of the economy. I think if the markets react badly to the OBR report, that'll be another difficult moment for the Trust government. Now, now Fraser and I have a slight um, disagreement on this. and I think the OBR import, uh, re- re- forecast has taken on a particular importance in terms of the market's view on the sustainability of the UK public finances. Fraser's view is that, you know, there, there are about 20-odd forecasters. And so the, the OBR's reaction will, will not have quite as big an impact, perhaps, as some people in, in, in the political world think, because the, the markets will be looking at a variety of things. So if when this medium-term fiscal strategy comes, which is now coming this month rather than in November, if that is followed by another few days and bad days in the markets for the UK and for the government, I think... I think that I think that will, that will add to the pressure on this trust and quasi quarter. Thank you, James. Thank you, Fraser, and thank you for listening.